This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. Today's sermon is by Deacon Matt Woodley and is from Christmas Eve 2017. So this is a gift, a present. You know, the fun thing and the annoying thing about gifts is you have to open them. And there's a lot of tension and a lot of protocol and there's a lot of ways that that can go wrong. I am convinced that adults lose the ability to open gifts properly. Children know how to open presents. Adults, as they get older, something happens in the brain. They lose that ability. For instance, have you ever known uh, this guy? He's the shaker. He like shakes it. He's got to be all analytical, you know? It's like, Oh, it seems to weigh about five pounds. It seems maybe round, maybe cylindrical. I mean, it takes all the fun out of it. He doesn't open it. Then there's the caretaker. By the way, these these don't all rhyme, but um, there's the caretaker. They have to like, oh, what a nice bow. Oh, I got to save that. I got to save, I don't want to rip it. They're like, they have to take care of the gift. Then there's the cynics. The cynics are people that, they're kind of jaded. Because they kind of think they have everything already. They don't need anything. And if you get them something, it's probably going to be wrong. You know, it's a nice shirt, but it's the wrong brand. It's not my favorite brand. You know, it's, oh, you spent too much money on that. You, you, you know, you should have got that somewhere else. And so they're cynical. And then finally, the last category of person is the, which I forgot, which I'll tell you about now, It's the earners. Oh, the earners. Yes, the earners. They're the best. They're the people that go, oh, I'm so unworthy. I don't deserve this. For me? Really? You shouldn't have done this. Oh, it's so expensive. How can I pay you back? They're the earners. They're the people that like, they want to pay you back or they want to somehow earn the gift that you've now given them, which you can do if it's, say, something really cheap. But I remember one time in my life, a friend out of the blue, a really dark time in my life, he gave me the gift of an all-expense-paid trip to Cabo San Lucas, airfare, condo, everything. How am I going to pay that back? I haven't even begun to pay that guy back. I didn't deserve that. I was not worthy. Children know how to open gifts. Let me tell you how to open a gift. So every Christmas, the Woodley family, my dad, Don, my mom, Phil, would line up the seven Woodley kids on the top of the stairs. So there was Pam, Nancy, Steve, Dave, Patty, Amy, and our dog Pepsi, this black and white dog. I was in the middle of those seven children. And Pepsi, I don't know how Pepsi got his name, but I do know that after Pepsi died, we had another dog that looked just like Pepsi, so we named him Ditto, which made a lot of sense to me. So the seven kids were all lined up on the top of the stairs, and my dad would do the, what was it, 16 millimeter? Bishop, you remember this? 16 or 18? 8 millimeter. You're about the same age. Come on. Okay, so (laughs) my dad would film, and we'd all have to stand there, and then when the filming was done, he would give us the green light, and all seven of us would just tear down the stairs, and then we would start running. Reminds me of a movie for some reason. Jerry, to fire, but we won't do that. <clears throat> so we start running to our pile. We'd get to our pile, and my mom 
was amazing at buying presents. So we knew there was going to be good stuff. So we would just tear into the pile. There would be like paper everywhere. They'd be squealing. There would be just screaming. There would be dancing, you know, with something over our heads. I remember one time I got this electric football game, you know, with the little guys that you turn it on and they move like this all over the place. Some of you remember that. So before video games, way better. I mean, it was amazing. It looked like seven very hungry black bears had been through our living room. Stuff all over the place. A mess. We grabbed on to those gifts. You know, the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, the most important truth in your life is to appropriate truth with a passionate inwardness. We weren't philosophers. I'm still not a philosopher, but I like that quote because that's what we were doing when we were kids. There was passionate inwardness. We were like appropriating it. We were grabbing it. Now, that's how you open a present. And we did it because we knew that my mom and dad were good. And we knew that they loved us. And they had us, we had a lot of rules and we had to obey a lot of stuff and, and, and we had consequences if we got out of line, but they loved us and they had good stuff for us. Christmas is a story of not just a gift, but the gift with a capital G, the gift to best all gifts that have ever been given. Actually, the whole story of the Bible, there's a lot of ways you can summarize it, but all these twisting, turning journeys of the Jewish people, the waiting for the Messiah, the coming of Jesus, the church, book of Revelation, it's all about the gift. The gift, how we got the gift. How are we to respond to the gift? What is this gift? Well, let me give you a couple quick examples of how the Bible talks about this gift, because it's everywhere. It's all either leading up to the gift or pointing to the gift or waiting for the gift or, or receiving the gift or looking back on the gift or what happens when you ignore the gift. John 1, 12 through 14, which we heard so beautifully spoken from the Bible, it says, but as many as received him, it's talking about the gift, it's something you receive with passionate inwardness. Who's the him? It's Jesus it's talking about. Jesus, everything he is, everything he's done. It's talking about his whole life. It's talking about his presence. It's not a thing. It's not an object. It is a person that you receive. That's the gift. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, the word he gave the right is probably better translated. He gave the gift. He gave the gift. He gave the opportunity to become children of God. Through Jesus, through that gift, we can become a daughter or a son of the living God. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the, or, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's saying you can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't earn it by your social status. You can't earn it by the family you're born into. You can't earn it by your good works. You can't earn it by your heritage or where you went to school or what, how many degrees you have. You can't earn it that way. It's a gift. And a gift must be received. Verse 14, there's more. And the word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, put, Jesus became flesh, he became a human being, and he walked among us. All of the broken, sad places of humanity, Jesus wanted to walk among them. I love this because if you're a person that like, you care about social justice, you care about people that are hurting, you care about oppression, you care about racial reconciliation, and you think, or maybe you've been told, or maybe your assumption is that the church has nothing to do with that, let me just say that part of the incarnation says that that stuff really matters. Jesus became flesh. He walked among all of a broken humanity. He said he came to bind, to set the captives free and to bind up the wounds of the, of the broken and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That is the gift that God offers us. The gift is, it's not just a physical thing. It's everything that Jesus wanted to give people. New life, eternal life. Forgiveness, belonging to a family, being renewed from the inside out, being part of a revolution that will, not in this life completely, but will bring justice and righteousness and wholeness, what the Bible calls shalom. That is all part of the gift. The gift is God says that every time somebody comes to faith in, in Jesus, that a new creation starts. You become part of a brand new creation. You become a new person. The gift of God. Think about that. So often we grow up and we assume that religion is all about what we give to God, right? It's all about giving. It's all about sacrificing. It's, and it is, it is, but what comes first, what comes before that is the gift of God. That he gives to us something and then we respond and our whole life is a response to the gift of God. So where are you tonight? Maybe you're a shaker when it comes to spiritual things. Maybe you're sort of standing on the outside, you're critiquing, you're analyzing, but you've never stepped into the new life that Jesus offers. Let me just say, it's not wrong to be a spiritually analytical person. Many people come to faith that route. I think, for instance, of uh, Dr. Francis Collins, who in the 1990s um, was headed up the Human Genome Project probably the most prestigious science position in America. He grew up as an atheist. He said religion was just a superstition. It's just a bunch of legends. But he went on to college, he got a degree in quantum mechanics, and then he, got a then he went to medical school, thought quantum mechanics, that's not enough. I also want to get an MD, so he went on to get an MD. He was a resident, and he started bumping into all these patients, all these patients who had faith, especially Christian faith. And he saw these people pressing into God and their faith, even in the midst of sickness, even when they knew they were dying. And he thought, what is up? I've never seen this before. And one old lady asked him, Dr. Collins, what do you believe about God? And he said, not to her, but he said later, I don't really think I know. I don't really think I've thought about it. He said, as a scientist, I should weigh the evidence. I should get analytical here. I should 
find out if this is true or not. So he went on a quest. He decided it was true, or there was enough truth for him to make the decision. He said, at one point he said, you can argue on the basis of pure intellect right up to the precipice of belief, but then you have to decide. He said for a long time he didn't want to decide. He wanted to go right up to the precipice, but not decide. Eventually a shaker needs to decide. You need to make a decision. Maybe this Christmas season, maybe God's been working in your life. Maybe some people brought you here that care about you, that pray for you. Maybe you're, you're, you're more open than you've ever been. Then there's the caretakers. They're just so careful. They're afraid that they're going to somehow ruin God by coming to faith. Seriously. I have talked to people. I talked to somebody this month, a friend this month. I invited her to church. She said, oh, no, I don't want the church to cave in on me. I hear that a lot as a pastor. They're kind of joking, but I'm like, look, you can't ruin it, okay? There's nothing you can do to ruin it. You come with passionate inwardness. You say yes. You grab it. It's, God is waiting for you. Maybe there's a cynic. Uh, cynicism is one of the things that I've struggled with my whole life, just sort of looking on the dark side of everything, sort of looking on the negative side of everything. God has significantly healed that in my life. You can come to him, even with your cynicism, and just lay it down. And then those are the unworthy. Let me just camp here for just a minute before I close. The unworthy, they're the earners. They're the ones that think they have to earn it. They're the ones that think it's, it's up to them to get approval from God. The gospel doesn't start that way. Look at the two, you know, if you know anything about Christianity, you probably know that there's two things that are really important in Christian practice in the church. One is baptism, and one is the Lord's Supper, or the Eucharist, or communion, or whatever different Christians call it. Both of them are all about receptivity. It's all about receiving a gift. Both of them. I think all Christians believe that, even if they differ on how to practice it. They, we all believe that it's not something we can earn. Here's the thing, though, with this gift. Here's what's hard, to be real honest. Sometimes gifts, to receive a gift, you have to swallow your pride. Like my friend who gave me that amazing gift. I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that for me, Don. You can't. It's like, no, I want to do this. I had to swallow my pride. I had to receive it. Or take an outlandish example. Let's say somebody gave me a case of Old Spice deodorant for Christmas, you know? They might be saying that I have a problem and they're trying to help me. I'd have to swallow my pride to receive that gift. The gospel is a gift like that. The gospel is a gift that makes us or asks us to swallow our pride, to say, I need this. There is a brokenness inside me that I cannot heal. There is a sadness to this world that I cannot fix, the government cannot fix, world leaders cannot fix, only God can begin to heal it. There is a need inside of me for forgiveness and for life with the living God that I can't conjure up myself. I need to receive it. So this evening, this is what we're all about. This is what we do every Sunday. This is why we exist as a church, is to be the place, the people that can receive with passionate inwardness. And that just means just say yes. Just say yes to the living God.
He's here. Grab onto him tonight with faith. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As a part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.